The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, Craig, thank you. It is uh, 5.06 on the Central Coast on this Thursday, January 12th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. By the way, Craig, guess the pie for tomorrow. Guess the pie. A lullaberry cream cake. Nope, it's peach blueberry. Yum, 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 yum. All right, that will be devoured quickly. In about an hour, we'll hear from the mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, will join us. Uh, This hour, uh, something different. Uh, We have a lot of respect for... Jeff and Joan Buckingham. I think uh, they're a very special couple on the Central Coast. They have done so much for the community over the years. That's not why they're here. Uh, Joan, in particular, is here at my invitation because she's had a quite interesting uh, year or two because she has been battling non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And as we all know, when your partner, spouse, whatever, is battling it, you are too. Anyway, why am I talking when Jeff and Joan Buckingham are here? Hello to you both. Hi. Thanks for being here. It's great to see you. Yeah. Great to be uh, here. Joan, thanks for the cookies. You're welcome. <laughs> Craig, make a note to invite Joan more often. She brings cookies. Anyway, Joan, how are you feeling? You look great. I feel really good. I'm feeling uh, well, um, almost 100%. You know, I'm out doing chores every day. I'm feeding 55 cows and just kind of going back to normal but it's going to be a new normal i would imagine yes yeah, yeah. and it, it's taken me a while um you know you get kind of set in different patterns um and i was doing chemo every three weeks and so i'd feel kind of yucky for about four or five days afterwards and then um i would feel pretty good until the next time and so i always felt like there was a rush to get everything done and i'm still kind of a little bit in that pattern. Yeah. Jeff, how are you doing? Um, I'm just grateful for the great outcome that we've had so far. And, um, you know, it's been, it, it's a slog to get through all the doctor's appointments and all of the stuff that fills into the normal everyday life. Um, but I'm just thrilled that. Jones had three negative PET scans. She's in remission. And, um, you know, we're really, a lot, a lot of life is starting to get back to normal. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, start with October 17th, 2021. That's the date. Yes. Um, Never forget that date. All right. Um, yeah. Family history? Um, yeah, my mom had breast cancer 27 years ago. And, you know, she's still here. Um, my dad had lung cancer, but you know, he smoked for 50 years. Um, so is this like in the back of your mind? That, no, not well, at all. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been pretty healthy my whole life and it just kind of came out of left field. All right. So what happened on October 17th? Uh, we had just come back. We were, and I was, you know, I had been sick kind of on and off and I had a, um, a low grade temperature for 23 days. And we just kept trying to do tests and 
figure out what was going on. Um, but anyway, on that day, we came back from riding around in the in the ATV, you know, checking cows and doing whatever at the ranch. And I was walking back to the house, and I just was doubled over in pain. And then I went in to try and lay down. I, I was probably literally screaming for about 20 minutes. And, and Jeff goes, okay, that's it. We're going to the ER. And so we went. And you didn't resist. Tell me oh, you did no, not resist. I did not. Okay. Oh, not at all. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then it kind of subsided on the way. I said, well, maybe. He goes, no, 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 we're going. I said, okay, yeah, we got to figure out what's going on with me. And um, and there was no idea yeah. that it was cancer at all. No. Because we had been dealing with her low-grade fever and everything since September, and nobody thought it was cancer. There was no discussion of cancer. It was mm. some kind of weird virus or some derivative of covid or valley fever possibly you know and yeah yeah all right but you get to the emergency room yeah and they started uh running tests and i had just had an mri a few days prior um but they didn't have the test results yet oh you had the mri yeah um but the the pa that i had been seeing I think it was just she was in over her head. Okay. And Physician's had, assistant. Yes. Okay. Um, and so, it, yeah, I don't know. She had, yeah, the, it, since we didn't think it was anything serious, it was just going to the regular doctor. No. The regular doctor was on leave. The PA was in there taking over, had no idea there was any cancer. The interesting shift was going into the ER, as soon as Dr. Toole looked at Joan and asked a couple of questions, her focus got very intense. You could tell that she was looking for something and had a has sense of what it was. Yeah, it was like she kind of knew in the first 10 minutes of asking questions. And, um, and then we found out around midnight, because we'd gone in around 6 or 7 that evening, and then she came back at, at midnight and said, and how did she know? X-rays or? Oh, they did a CT scan. Okay. And found they said possible lymphoma, and um, and it, I was just almost relieved <laughs> that it had a name and we knew what we were dealing with, instead of just being sick and not knowing what was going on. But was that your only reaction, Joan? Or was there? I mean, that's a. Well, yeah, it was like, but that was mostly the first thing. And then it was like, you know, holy heck, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then it's funny. We got home and it was midnight and Jeff goes, you know, we didn't eat dinner. Are you hungry? And we just started kind of laughing in the kitchen because it's like, okay, so we just go back to normal. You know, we walk in and, and life just goes on and you just have to kind of um, embrace this new reality. diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Reality. What, so what's your reaction? You find well, your wife. How long have you been married? We've been uh, 31 years. Nice. 32. 32. Oh. Yeah. They all <laughs> and, blend together. Yeah. But the, the interesting thing about that visit, you know, we went to the emergency room and the contrast between that and the doctor's office that we had been in was dramatic. 
And they were driving for answers, 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 and everything was happening right away. And I thought it was, once we sat there with the diagnosis, we're reading the, uh, the diagnosis from the radiologist who was a friend of ours. Our, we all went, our kids all went to Bellevue Santa Fe Charter School together. So it's so interesting to sit there and you go, wow, he now knows that this is what's going on. He knows us, yeah. you know, and what's he thinking right now? Um, but what are you thinking to find out your wife of 32 years has lymphoma? You know, we didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Dr. Tool said it was very treatable and there was some, could be some good outcomes. And we needed to then start a whole process of getting with an oncologist and getting a, a confirmed diagnosis with a biopsy and everything. And so that started on the next day in a whirlwind. Well, let me pause here and then we'll pick up the story. And Joan Buckingham is here. Husband Jeff sits in as we uh, share Joan's journey. I'm Dave Congleton. We're live. We're local. This is KVEC. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. We're in conversation with Joan and Jeff Buckingham. Joan's life changed on October 17, 2021, when she was uh, diagnosed with lymphoma. Although, as we're talking during the break, Joan, what would have happened if you hadn't gone into the doctor? If you, oh, I'm starting to feel better. I don't need to go to the doctor. How far along were you? Right. I was pretty far along. My, um, I had the only good thing is I lost 30 pounds, but. That's not the way to do it. Yeah. And I've gained most of it back. So um, it probably, if if we'd waited a couple more weeks, probably three more weeks, I probably wouldn't be here. So lesson number one, don't wait. If right. you feel something, go to the doctor, go to the hospital. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, follow up on, um, I had had a, a sonogram of my spleen where the, the um, tumor was. And... I, could, I didn't even find out about that until I went and looked and got my own records. Um, the doctor didn't call me back. And, you know, I don't want to go down that road either about how disappointed I am with the way they handle things. But um, if I hadn't found that out, um, you know, I could have injured, you know, I, I'm out doing ranch work and they knew that. You know, if I hit my spleen, I could have died. Um and and just following up with with the tests that they were doing. All right. All right. So you get the diagnosis. Yes. And uh, what's the next step? Once you're diagnosed with lymphoma, what are your options? What did you decide to do? Well, we um, knew of Dr. Dan Lewis here in San Luis Obispo, and he had treated my mom and my dad for cancer, and my mom is still here. Uh, 27 years later, and um, he, you know, I called the office. I said, hey, can you get me in? And they said, yes, you know, come in at 3 o'clock today, which was a surprise in itself, being able to just get in a doctor's office at that time. um, So quickly. So quickly in. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, and from that time, because of the, 
we were so late in the diagnosis, uh, and the and the lymphoma was fairly advanced at that time. It was very important, and Dr. Lewis made sure that everything happened very quickly. Um, we had to have a PET scan, and in the PET scan, it shows you where in the body the cancer is located. Right. From the PET scan, there's a biopsy. Then they have to go in and examine the biopsy and to figure out the actual diagnosis. Uh, and the treatment. And the treatment. And so... He scheduled that stuff and made it happen so quickly. You know, she was actually starting treatment the following week. Um, so that, you know, that the... the October 28th, they had my first chemo. First treatment the following week. Yeah. You know, so he, she had a you know, PET scan, a biopsy, um, some diagnosis. And then, thankfully, you know, we all know Dr. Hayashi, you know, um, who helps so many people... Right before her treatment was ready to begin, as they were the final day they were trying to figure out the diagnosis, her liver was starting to shut down. And they had to determine what this issue was. And as it turned out, Dr. Hashi was so good, he, he came in, he looked at the PET scan, and we were all sitting there, and he was cracking jokes and making us all very comfortable. And, and he said, oh, this, this is all being caused by... Uh, a swelling of a lymph node that's blocking the bile duct that's affecting the liver. So all we have to do is get her in treatment. She doesn't need any surgery or anything. Just get her in treatment. The sooner the better. And that started the following day. Yeah. One of my friends, my, one of my best friends was teasing me that she goes, you're the only person I know that felt better after chemo. <laughs> you know, because the, the first week I was home, literally three or four days afterwards, I could start breathing again because I was having trouble breathing and, you know, I had no energy. I, I had to take, you know, 20 minutes to walk across my bedroom. Um, right. And it, and I, I just to, felt I, so much better. I had to help her first day of treatment. I had to help her, you know, walk to the car. Just the ride into town was very uncomfortable for Joan. And for anyone who knows Joan and how strong she is and how, she does all these humongous tasks out at the ranch, and she's known as, you know, this kind of superwoman. And to have to help her to get to the car was such an amazing shift in a very short period of time. Jeff and Joan Buckingham on this broadcast. And uh, time to talk about your tattoo, yes. Joan. <laughs> the motto that you have uh, lived by these last couple of years, trust the journey. Yes. And you have it tattooed on your arm. I did. Explain, please. Um, at the beginning of that year, before I even knew I was sick, um, I was going to the gym and, and um, we're going to pick a mantra kind of for the year. And for me, it was um, like to trust God more um, because I'm a worrier and yeah. I worry about my kids. I worry about everything. And I thought, you know what? I just need to trust this a little bit more. And so that became my motto for the year. And then... I kind of had to live into that. What do you? How do you react to that? I I think it's absolutely perfect. I like it. You know, it, it's it's it that you know just trusting that journey, and that's something I think a lot of us struggle with when things present in our lives. How about trust the doctor? 
<laughs> I did trust my doctor. Yeah. Yes. So how did Stanford come into this? Because uh, it sounds like you got some really good expert advice locally yes. once you got into the hospital. So why go to Stanford? Well, we probably by the third treatment, uh, Dr. Lewis said, I, I want you to go get a second opinion. And I and I told him, you know, I don't I don't think we need to. I'm fine here. You know, I feel good. And he goes, no, I want you to go. I said, OK, <laughs> I'll go. So we went and saw uh, Dr. Neil Gupta and they did some probably a little bit more intensive tests, blood testing. And I fell into this category of a little bit higher risk. They said if it if the cancer came back, it would go most likely to my brain or my spine. And this treatment could prevent that. And it's a methotrexate. Um, and so it was a dose every two weeks. And I had to have four treatments. Um, and that was, and I had to stay in the hospital a day or two, usually two days. Yeah. So it was, a, it was an optional treatment that they strongly recommended based on her genetic makeup. Is this the R-CHOP or is that different? The, it's different. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. the R-CHOP is the standard treatment for lymphoma, which has been very effective for the last 20 years. But the treatment at Stanford was more effective. Well, it was an additional treatment. The, with high-dose methyltrexate, you, they inject um, the medicine into your body and leave it in the bloodstream for about 24 hours. And then they start administering the antidote. And... As they they carefully monitor as the level of the methyltrexate in the bloodstream diminishes to a point where it's then safe to go home. Sounds like both of you became experts on this. Yes, yeah. it, it's a hard way to to do that, but that's kind of what happens when you start a journey. Well, I think that's part of the journey, Joan. I've got a minute before the news break with Joan and Jeff Buckingham. Is that I would imagine you have to become your own advocate. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know what I've done, would have done without Jeff being there, taking notes and asking questions. Um, you know, he's really good at that. And um, I think you, you have to follow up on your own test and right. your own. Yeah, you know, yeah. Most, doctors, diagnosis. most doctors now have websites and you can look at your own documents you can look at your own tests make sure you have all that stuff in your own possession that way if you need to go get a second opinion or you need to refer to it for any reason you don't have to go wait to get it from but somebody that person's the doctor you two are just late people exactly and that's yeah. the that's why we don't all expect that uh the other thing that's very important is to have a complete set of chronological notes with all the information because there were oftentimes uh, not really here in San Luis, but at at uh, Stanford, where even though they had documented everything, somebody would be ready to do something and wouldn't have a piece of information. Dear. All right. Uh, we are ready to go to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time here for traffic and weather together. Then we will continue our conversation with Joan and Jeff Buckingham. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. Happy Thursday.
We will have a conversation with the mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, during the 6 o'clock hour. Tomorrow we will enjoy the peach blueberry pie from Linz. We'll also talk about what happened and didn't happen when the waters hit both Los Osos and Morro Bay. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. We are back with Joan and Jeff Buckingham. We are talking about what has been happening to Joan since October 17, 2021, when she was first diagnosed with lymphoma. And Jeff is a big part of this journey, so we're hearing from him as well. One of the things I want to hear, Joan, as we're back with you, is that I would imagine there's a time when you're diagnosed with something like this, you have to decide if you're going to keep it to yourself or go public. You decided to go public. I did. I, I figured um, the more support, the better for me. And I had no idea how much support there was out there. I got cards every week. I had One of my friends sent me one or two every week. Um, and it, it really did help. Um, people sent me little presents. And it was amazing. Um, there was a few times that I did not feel like going on. I thought, oh, this is going to be too hard. I don't know if I can do this. And I thought, I cannot let all these people down. I need to to buck up here and, and go through with this and get well. You were surprised when she did that, Jeff. Yeah, and because everybody knows I'm kind of a blabbermouth. But, yeah. <laughs> but Joan is Joan's more private, more reserved, and... I was trying to think of a way to talk her into going public because I know how much people care about Joan and how many people love Joan. And I thought she would benefit tremendously from a lot of support from her, from her network and her friends and her community. And before I even spoke to her about that or mentioned it, I looked on Facebook and she had gone public with the whole thing and, and asked people for their prayers, for their support and people responded immediately. I think sometimes, Joan, there's a hesitancy by some people. Oh, I, I don't want to impose on people. I don't want their sympathy. They've got their yeah. own problems. When really, people want to know and they want to help. Exactly. And that's the first thing I always want to do is help people. And I remember, you know, just laying in my bed, feeling so sick, you know, I couldn't get up. And and just thinking, what am I supposed to learn from this? And that was, I thought, a better way of looking at it than why me? And I, I just kept thinking, okay, what am I supposed to get from this? And for me, it was trying to help people who are going through this that don't have the support that I do. Um, I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet, um, but I'm always willing to help notice she she says she hasn't tried to figure out how to do that but dave you and i know that's what she does every day yeah so if i'm not intrusive what what was the low point for you you said you almost gave up a couple times yeah um before i was diagnosed i was it, it it was so hard to explain it was like this gray cloud just around me and i couldn't it was just sick and I, it was just hard to get out of that. And one day, um, I don't know what I would have done without my family, too. They were all very supportive. Um, but one day, I was just laying in bed, and I just started crying, like boohoo crying. And um, my daughter-in-law came in, and she goes, what's going on? I go, I'm just so sick. I'm just tired of being sick. 
and she asked me, okay, well, I go, I'm just going to go take a shower and I'll feel better. And she goes, well, you better be dressed. If I hear you crying again, I'm coming back in here. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that was one of the times I was pretty low. And then probably after the third chemo treatment, I was really sick. And I was, you know, starting to throw up, and I was just nauseous all day. And all the stuff I'd been taking wasn't helping. And Jeff finally goes, well, let's just call the doctor. And he left a pill for me, and Jeff went into town at 9 o'clock at night and picked it up for me, and it it worked. And it, I thought, okay, well, I could do this now. And, and for the, the next three treatments, I took that ahead of time with half a Xanax. And I was pretty much slept through the eight hours of... The IV, which made it just much more pleasant. How many treatments did you have altogether, Joan? Um, I had seven here and four at Stanford. And what 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 is what involves a treatment? What happens? Um, I go into the doctor's office and they. I had to go get a, a port put in, which was kind of a not a traumatic thing for me, but a bit. I didn't like it, um, but it, it made it a lot easier to do the IV because yeah. it doesn't ruin your veins. And um, so they would hook me up, and it would take about eight hours. And so I'd just sit there, you know, for eight hours. For eight hours. And they they start yeah. out with um, anti-nausea medication, and then they start. There are several different medicines. The Archop treatment is a mixture of different drugs, and they would do one after the other, and they would go at different rates. And depending on how she was responding, sometimes they would speed it up. Or other times they would slow it down. And by the end, as she said, we'd kind of figured out the rhythm. And I would often go and sit with her for all or part of the day. Um, and by the end, she was basically sleeping through most of the day <laughs> yeah. in the comfortable chair. Yeah. And and the can't say enough about Dr. Lewis and his staff. His office is such a friendly place that and so comfortable we really felt like we were home sitting in that chair and with friends coming in and checking and visiting and lots of personal conversation. Of course, he's not the one with the vein. Right. (laughs) I felt like home. Yeah. Well, it it did become, you know, a place of comfort. And I remember talking to Dr. Lewis after I was all done. I said, okay, is it kind of weird that I feel a little bit scared and, to not be coming here because you felt so taken care of that I didn't have to worry about anything really. And, and then I was done and it's kind of like, okay, you're on your own now. But I mean, not quite that abrupt, but it was kind of what it felt like. They say in circumstances like this, Joan, attitude is like a hundred percent having a positive attitude. And I, I think I did most of the time. Um, You know, there were some, you know, kind of low days, but most of the time, I think I had a pretty good attitude. Well, I think so, and I think a lot of that kind of flowed from the tremendous support that Joan had. You know, she said she got cards every week. She got cards every day, hmm. multiple cards every day. And I should also mention the role that this show played. Yes. Because every single night when I would come home, Dave Congleton's show was on. Really? And yeah. that's who Joan yeah. listens to Dave Congleton every single 
day. You mean you don't, Jeff? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm working <laughs> yeah. during a lot of the hours. I, 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 I appreciate absolutely. that, Joan. Thank you, know. you very but much. You guys were kind of on my journey with me and helped me, helped me through that because I would be, you know, laying in bed and I would turn on the radio and it's, or my phone and yeah. uh, listen. And I just kind of felt like I was kind of keeping up with everything. You're very kind. Yeah. Well, and if she does, if she does, the, uh, if she was in bed when she was feeling better, she sits at the puzzle. She's always working on a puzzle. Oh, I saw your, I saw your yeah. puzzle photo. Yeah. Did you join a, a support group at all? I haven't yet. Um, and I thought about it, and I just never got around to it. I'm wondering, though, when hearing from all people, did you hear other stories of people on similar journeys? I did. And for me, it's almost harder um, being done with it and just kind of processing what has gone on. Um, sometimes it's hard for me to even say that I had cancer because um, it just doesn't seem real. But what's your status today? Are you done with the cancer? I am at this point. I'm in remission. Um, and they don't call you cancer-free until after five years. Right. So I have a few more check-ins before. I and and at what point did they declare you in remission? I, I think it was the... Well, was it, it was actually... Well, and at different degrees of remission, the first PET scan that was negative was actually in January. So her treatment began October 28th. After the third treatment, she had another PET scan. And I remember the words, complete response. Because I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. Yeah. And you know, Dr. Lewis said, well, that's the gold standard. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. Meaning there's no detectable cancer. Now, he said after the third treatment, we're not going to stop. There probably is a likelihood of some other cancer there. And she had four more treatments after that, followed by the high-dose methyltrexate as a pre- preventative. So, uh, so what happens with Dr. Lewis now? Do you continue to see the doctor? Or? Yeah, I just went for another checkup, and my blood work was perfect, he said. And I think I'm, I have another PET scan in October or no, January. Or, or soon, coming or up Mar- soon. In March, I think March. I have another PET scan just to, to check on things. Yeah. Joan and Jeff Buckingham on this broadcast. Uh, Joan is sharing her journey. That was Jeff was also part of that journey as she has been battling lymphoma. Uh, I, I think this was on Jeff's Facebook page that, Joan, you, quote, no longer take normal for granted. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's like you said, there, it's a new normal now. And, you know, what does that mean? And I think, you know, every day is a blessing for me. Have you seen a difference in Joan? No, absolutely. It's we're we're all more in awe of each new day. We don't take things for granted as we did. Um, We're just thankful that we've made it through this part of the journey and kind of looking forward to just the things like our daily things, working on the puzzle, feeding the cows, playing with Finnegan the puppy. Uh, We'd love to have, you know, Leslie, our daughter, and Lachlan and Meg, our son and daughter-in-law, come over, Joan's mom, other family, those those basic simple things. Allow me to ask, Jeff, did you worry that you were going to lose her? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, 
the thought of that, um, I found it absolutely terrifying. Um, I, you know, we didn't get married till I was 33. Um, we're truly soulmates. Um, I could not imagine life without Joan. And I think what saved me from too much despair in that area was that the medical people assured us that the treatment for this is normally very effective. And Joan responded so quickly and her health improved so, so fast. Then the native PET scan came in January. At that point, I was pretty optimistic. Um, and so, but that, but those moments of, of thinking about maybe going through life without Joan, I, I just, I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. So Joan, what's been the impact of all this on your relationship and your, with your family and with Jeff? How does this change you? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think it, it just makes me more grateful and just try and, enjoy every moment that you can. Um, I think it, it's brought Jeff and I closer. Um, it's one of those things that'll either break you or, you know, make you stronger. And I think it's made us stronger. Um, and, you know, like with my children, um, you know, Leslie came to Stanford to drive me home. She spent the night there. She got me snacks and she was wonderful. And, and Lachlan would come in, um, he likes to cook, and so he would, he, when I was really sick, he'd bring me little snacks. It's like, you know, I'd have two bites of something. And, but he, he's very intuitive about that stuff, and, you know, with Meg there, and um, I just love her too. And um, a lot of my good friends, it's just you have to take the time to appreciate people. Now, what would you say, Jeff? How's all this shaped your relationship and your family? Just... Uh, just appreciation and gratitude um and it and i think a lot of times the word gratitude is something we say and don't acknowledge how important that is but i mean i i think i view gratitude as the ultimate way to take charge of our lives um and the ability to experience more gratitude over simple everyday things has been a tremendous gift. On the Stolberg Tatum text line, a listener writes, fascinating story of positivity and the power of having a supportive partner on your journey. But sadly, Dr. Lewis is not accepting new patients. Oh, that's too bad. Well, and, and that, um, you know, every doctor's, Dr. Lewis has had a long career and um, is starting to slow things down a little bit. Um, but he does have a good plan to be able to, uh, for his patients to have continuing care uh, as he goes forward. And so. All right. And we will go forward after this break for a short final segment with Joan and Jeff Buckingham, Mayor Stewart at 605. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio.
All right, uh, Joan and Jeff Buckingham are on this show talking about how their lives have changed since October 17th, 2021, when Joan was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, They thank you for sharing the story. And there you go. So I'm calling on you, Joan. I think you need to go out more and speak more. Oh, and share your okay. story. Yeah, what do you I think, think so. Jeff? I, I completely agree. I'd be happy to. Hmm. Uh, so, what advice do we have for our listeners? I think the most important thing is follow up on your own tests, and you know, get a good doctor. Um, and another thing is, if you know anybody who's sick, you know, take a few minutes, send them a card. It could make a huge difference, and try and support. Everybody, you know, Jeff, you wanted to talk about the difference in approach locally versus Stanford, which is one of the best hospitals in the country. Sure. And and there's a difference in in our local treatment. Dr. Lewis was the quarterback and he paid direct attention to everything that was happening with her treatment at every stage. So there wasn't we asked questions, but he was clearly the quarterback at every moment at Stanford. It's a well-oiled machine. It's an amazing place. We're privileged to have been there. But there's a lot of people in the process. And so we found that I, I wanted to get make sure all the information matched. All these different people were doing what we're supposed to be doing. There, there, there was a lot more management and um, monitoring of all of the different pieces of the process at Stanford and at sometimes I think Joan got a little uncomfortable with me asking questions and also advocating for her. Um, probably one of the biggest issues at Stanford was getting people to do things in a timely manner. Such as? Such as finishing one process to prepare her for the methyltrexate and then starting the next piece as soon as possible so that she could get out of there and go home sometimes up to a day earlier, just by managing how quickly things happen. You know, they, they had a lot of people to take care of there. Well, and I think a lot of that had to do with the, the nurses' shifts, you know, their 12-hour shifts. Yep. And sometimes you had to wait for somebody to check out before you could get in. And sometimes I wouldn't get in until, you know, we'd have to get there at 8 in the morning or 9 to see the doctor. And then we would get in, checked in the hospital around 2 to three in the afternoon, but they wouldn't start the chemo until 10 o'clock at night sometimes. And right. it was just a lot of kind wow. of waiting. Right. And it was, it was very um, high anxiety for me. I remember on the second time we were there, I was, I sat up on the bed and I said, okay, we just need to get out of here right now. I don't know. If, let's just get out. And and I felt like a cartoon, you know, if my legs were going, but I wasn't going anywhere because I couldn't get out. And, uh, and, and, I, and, and, Jeff, I just, and Jeff was just sitting there very calm, just kind of a smile. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's so. lay back. Yeah. And uh, we're not going anywhere right now. Yeah. But we're going somewhere. Our <laughs> yeah. thanks to Joan Buckingham and Jeff Buckingham. Joan, it's just uh, so great to see you look so healthy. But Thank you know you. what time it is because you listen to the show. I do. Yeah. It's Fine. time. Final thought, please. Kind of final thought. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of speechless. I don't know. I would, I, I, that's one, not a very good answer. One, one big thing, um, 
is uh, I'm glad to be here. Right. We're glad you're here, too. And, and we say our our biggest regret of this whole process is that we didn't go to that emergency room sooner. And we talk about it a lot, that if we had gone to the emergency room where they get give you answers right away, uh, if we'd done that in September, you know, Joan probably would have have had many fewer treatments yeah. and a don't lot less guess. anxiety. But yeah. don't second guess yourself. Don't no. beat up on yourself. Yeah. No, don't, don't beat know. up, but also be aware of what we could have done differently. Fair enough. All right. My thanks to you both. Thank you. News, Thank you, traffic, weather, our conversation with Mayor Stewart up next. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111